It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Here's your host. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, the show. I'm Tom Sumner, along with my co-host, Andrea Sutton. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Happy Monday morning. And there's a whole bunch of things that happened uh, over the weekend. Uh, great, great big news and whatnot. We've um, The president held his first uh, big rally if you will in Tulsa Oklahoma and uh, John Bolton was all over the news uh, talking about leaking and promoting uh, his book which uh, drops tomorrow and uh, Andrea became a (laughs) mother-in-law that's important (laughs) (laughs) that's one of the big things right yeah that's right national news (laughs) <laughs> oh, we got a little bit of feedback going on. Oh, there we go. That should be better. Yeah. Anyway, um, so does it feel different being a mother-in-law? Kind of. Kind of. We have a good relationship, so it's kind of welcome to the family anyway. So, yeah. yeah so was- so what, was the, what was the wedding like? Um, Socially distanced in the seats but um other than that pretty much normal the did, did uh, numbers they, were down yeah at the end of the uh at the end of the ceremony um did did uh, i don't know if it was a, a priest or a minister or justice of the peace or whoever who conducted the <laughs> ceremony but when it was all over did they say uh you know you you may now elbow bump the bride or uh Oh, we should have. He should have. The, the priest had you may now good jazz hands the bride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, there was no receiving line. A big air high five, which was kind of odd. That that is a, that would be a little bit strange. Yeah, because that says that the service is over, and I think everybody looked lost afterwards. Like, okay, it's over. You know? <laughs> But, yeah, no receiving line, and the uh, pews were marked off every other one, and um, lots of hand sanitizer everywhere. 
Were um, were people wearing masks? Fifty percent. That's about what I'm wedding? seeing. I, I mean, I, yeah. I, I haven't been to a wedding, but, you know, when I go out to the store or, you know, to run an errand or something, that's about what I'm seeing is about half. Yeah, yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, that's, that's, a, and then, that's the new way to tell uh, Republicans from Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Republican wedding, you know, I think. A, it's like paper, <laughs> plastic, mask, no mask, you know. <laughs> Cloth bags. <laughs> hey, and speaking of uh, yeah. Democrats and Republicans, uh, I should mention uh, that we have coming up on the show, um, we're, we're in the process uh, as we get closer to the August primary of introducing all of the candidates that are in contested campaigns for in that primary. And uh, today we're looking at the 48th district seat on the uh, in the state House of Representatives currently held by incumbent Cheryl Kennedy will have uh, her challenger in the Democratic primary and Alib Odulet. I think I'm saying that right, but we'll find out at okay. 9.45 when he teaches me how to say his name properly. And then um, Cheryl Kennedy will be with us during the uh, 10 o'clock hour. And then uh, toward the end of the hour, we'll uh, connect up with um, one of the Republicans running, Sherry Cross, will be joining uh, me by phone. And then uh, we'll wrap it up with the other Republican in the August primary for the 48th, uh, David Martin um, from uh, the Genesee County Board of Commissioners. That's what I—that's what I thought. That name sounded familiar. Okay. But we have the phone lines open if you want to call in and talk about the uh, the president in Tulsa or uh, Joe uh, John Bolton in uh, in in his book uh, in the room where it happened. Um, or if you want to talk about uh, weddings in the age of coronavirus, give us a call at 810-339-8255, 810-339-8255. And, and hopefully we'll hear from, from some listeners, because I'm, I'm curious what people think, especially, uh, well, about John Bolton's book in... Uh, Mark Everson is going to be he on the show tomorrow. He he know he knows John Bolton, and yeah, um, he can't testify, but he can write a book. I don't know. That just seems weird. Well, you know, it's my story. <laughs> I'll tell Washington. it how I want to. <laughs> yeah, no fake, no fake. Yeah, it just seems weird. And and the president's rally in Tulsa. I watched. Um, bits and pieces of that it was a 90 minute speech you can tell he's oh, feeling a little pent up <laughs> he got a chance to get out and talk and he just didn't shut up um but uh you know some interesting quotes that are being picked apart uh, you know depending on, uh -oh. on which media you watch um mm -hmm. you know as to uh how it went and, and whether or not it was risky to try and get people together in a big stadium and have a big event. Um, anyway, I'm curious what people think. The number is 810-339-8255. Now, let's get back to the uh, socially distanced wedding. That's kind of, it kind of defeats the purpose, <laughs> sort of. 
the joining of two people, but keep your distance. Well, they say God is everywhere, so, you know, God well, can apparently, be six feet apart. He was over there, and he was way over there. and <laughs> Sitting in between everybody. Now, did, was there, was there um, a reception of, of any kind? How, how, did, how did the whole thing uh, go down? Yeah, um, they went outside and took pictures after the wedding in the open area, you know, and even in the church. But um, they got a real fun picture of everybody wearing face masks that matched. Oh, that's fun. So so that was like They the, weren't the printed like with the bride and groom's names on them, were they? They should have. No. Think they about it. This I wedding. mean, like, like those little uh, <laughs> cocktail napkins and matchbooks and stuff that they make, companies that do that for weddings. <laughs> you can now have, yep. uh, you know, the bride and groom emblazoned <laughs> on your face mask. <laughs> yeah, we were joking about that, actually. That, that was kind of like an oversight. But, um, yeah, we just went back to the bride's um, parents' house and um, had tables. You know, and it was probably 40 people there, so we kept it under 50, and I think that's what they were hoping for is a small crowd. And even the church had um, had to keep track, and we got our temperatures checked at the door. Really? By my son. That was really weird. Was, um, that, was that something that he chose to do or required by the venue? I think it was required by the venue, okay. and also he had to keep track of how many people were in the facility. So I know my boyfriend and him were talking. He's like, "I think we're up to fifty-one." <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> the highest temperature out. <laughs> That's right. We'll just make one up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you were up over so, ninety-nine, yeah, I mean, man. You're out. Yeah, so I felt like we were going to a restaurant or something. You know, I mean, it was just, I I don't know. I don't know. And, of course, me being First Amendment and all this diehard First Amendment, it was kind of like, well, they're kind of impeding on our right to assemble and express our religious freedom. That Even though I'm not religious, it was kind of like that overtone. It was kind of like state versus religion did it have that that feel to it that you know that there was this heavy cloud of of government intervention in a in a private affair to me it did yeah to me interesting and like i said i'm not religious but it just seemed like it was really impeding a union of two people that loved each other within the religious aspect that normally the sacraments in the church are kind of like it's open to everybody. You know, everybody's welcome to to enjoy this moment of two people coming together under the blessing of a God. You know, and I think that would have bothered me even if it were like a Unitarian wedding or um, a Hindu or even a Muslim wedding. That That I think that still would have bugged me anyway. So... I kind of got schooled this weekend, you know, (laughs) in that respect. In that respect, I I really think that they're pushing the envelope with that. Well, 810-339-8255 is the number to call right now. We're talking about uh, 
the uh, the big event. Um, Andrea's son got married over the weekend, and and we're talking about some of the restrictions and how that impacted uh, the wedding. And it's it's been a strange year for college graduates and. Uh, oh, we're living it. We're living it. You know, we got you and I have you know, young children somewhat. And um I think they're getting the brunt of it. I really do. Well I really uh, you think know, a couple of weeks ago I went to uh my uh, granddaughter's uh second birthday party over on Grand Rapids. And yeah. It was yeah. A, a small crowd cookout. They were outside. There were people mingling, no masks. Um you know, it was a, a little different, and and really my only event so far since this thing uh, has gone on. Is this the, the only event that you've been to since the uh, beginning of the stay-at-home yeah. orders? Exactly. It's kind of like night and day. I mean, we've <laughs> all been out and done things, doctor's appointments mm-hmm. and pharmacy and grocery store. You know, we've been out and done errands. You know, it, it hasn't... Yeah. I, I don't feel like I've been like under house arrest, but I'm confused as to what I can and can't do now. You know, I really am. It's can I return bottles? Yeah, I know I can, but you know, uh, you don't want to. <laughs> no, I, I did. I've, I guess that's. The <laughs> I've driven by two, three different stores that you know have the uh, automatic bottle return things. And yep. people are just lined up into the parking lot. It's, uh, it's I think a zoo. it'll be until September. I, I was at the store. <laughs> at uh, when was it? Friday, I think. I uh, yeah, Friday. I, I was at the store and um, and I looked and and I didn't see any people around. And then I got inside <laughs> and the area where the cans are returned or they have the machines mm-hmm. was blocked off again and said closed due to limits. So apparently they, oh, Nally, they, really? they reached their limit of what they could take and until they cycled those out, they had <laughs> to discontinue operations. It was kind of kind of strange. It was like, you know, two steps forward, one step back. <laughs> How much money did you say was out there? Sixty-five million. Sixty-five million is okay, estimated. I think in Michigan alone, <laughs> people yeah. are, are you know waiting to cash in sixty-five million dollars. That's probably what happened. <laughs> probably had nothing to do with the limit on bottles and cans. It was probably they ran out of money to pay for the returnables. <laughs> anyway, we we got to take a short break, but uh, I, I want to encourage people, join the conversation. We've got uh, a whole nother segment that we can uh, take calls and hear from people. If you've been to a wedding or other event, if did you go to church this last weekend? 810-339-8255 is the number to call to join me and Andrea. And uh, we've got candidates from the 48th District State House uh, primary campaign coming up from the Democrats and the Republicans. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Your calls matter. Join me and Andrea weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about whatever you want to talk about. The Tom Sumner Program has open phone lines Monday through Friday to hear from you. How's 2020 working out for you so far? How about those damn roads? Call in live at 810-339-8255. It's all about you. We'll be streaming live at TomSumnerProgram.com and simulcast on WFOV 92.1 FM in Flint. Foil hats are optional. Can the lady of the house, please? Where's she? You thought you had every Elvis record made, but wait, Elvis sings again, this time from heaven. That's right, Elvis from heaven. Yes, hear Elvis from Graceland in the Sky. Soul-stirring versions of epic proportions. You'll hear Elvis crooning, Pearly Gate Rock. All dug up, lying in the chapel, and 11 others. This record also includes a special Elvis message. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elvis Presley. Order before midnight tonight and receive this Elvis Presley commemorative casket keychain. Open it up, yes. The king inside. A must for any Elvis fan. Order yours today. To order your Elvis from Heaven, send $9.95 in check or money order to Elvis from Heaven, P.O. Box 714, Cleo, Michigan, 44487. Or save COD charges and phone 555-5554. Use Master Charge or Visa, Canadian residents, add $3. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. 
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Tom Sumner here, along with my co-host, Andrea Sutton. Hey, good morning. And the number to call if you want to join our conversation, 810-339-8255. Andrea and I have been talking about the uh, wedding she uh, attended as mother of the groom over the weekend. Um, <laughs> And I'd like to hear from other people who have gone to things. I'm go- I'm going to a Zoom birthday party. I think this uh, this evening. Um, really? I'm going to give it a shot anyway. It's a it's a surprise Zoom birthday party. I'm not going to say who it's for because I don't want to ruin the surprise in case they're listening. Right. But, right. Uh, well, that's cool. But anyway, if you want to join that's the conversation cool. and share your experience, eight one zero three three nine eight two five five is the number to call. I you know I spend a certain amount of time you know researching and going through different news stories and so on um, usually in preparation for Wednesday's uh, armchair politics but uh, mm-hmm. all I could find uh, all weekend <laughs> in cable news shows was uh, stuff about the president's uh, event uh, Saturday night in uh, Tulsa and John Bolton's new book and so, anyway, I'm hmm. uh, um, curious to see what, what people think of that. The president is is now calling. Uh, he once said John Bolton was a great guy. Now he's he's a traitor and a criminal. And, um, you know, John Bolton is I think that's that a little over the top, yeah. John Bol- Well, John Bolton said on national TV over the weekend that he doesn't think the president is fit to serve and that people ought to vote him out in November. <laughs> that's that's pretty straight up. Uh, what do you what do you think about the uh, the the Trump Bolton uh, feud? <laughs> Give us a call at eight one zero three three nine eight two five five. And what did you think of the president's uh, event in Tulsa? Interesting uh, sidebar came out just as the event was uh, beginning that six people from the president's advance team, including two Secret Service agents tested positive for covid yeah i saw that i saw that um, it just proves that well but not... does it does it prove or was it <coughs> just time for those particular people you know to to test positive um mm-hmm. you know was it a coincidence or you know is getting back together in big groups not a good idea yet what are your thoughts? Eight one zero three three nine eight two five five, and uh, let me know what you what you think of that. Um, the governor just recently uh, came out with a statement encouraging people, or, or maybe even mandating people, to continue to wear masks in public through July fifteenth, uh, which is kind of interesting. At the same time. News outlets are reporting that that research is saying that um, masks are not as effective as we like to think they are. Maybe a false sense of security. Yeah, that's you know one of the one of the concerns. Um, I don't know. Like I like I said last week, uh, Andrea, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick pretty close to home for at least another couple of weeks. And, and see now that people are getting out. You know, it's going to be interesting to see in the limited contact that people had at the event you were at over the weekend with your son getting married, if mm-hmm. if anybody, 
you know, pops up positive, and then all of a sudden everybody that came in contact with them has to think, well, maybe I need to be in quarantine for 14 days or whatever. Um, but but some of these bigger events that are going on, restaurant openings and, uh, you know, the big event that the, the president held in Tulsa, the upcoming... Uh, um, national uh, political conventions in uh, and South Carolina and well North Carolina and Florida for the Republicans I'm not sure what the Democrats are doing I'm not sure they're sure Um, (laughs) I don't think they've quite decided what they're going to do yet (laughs) they're still you know Bernie left the race and they're still trying to decide whether or not he's going to get the nomination Who was who was the fellow that said was it Gene Autry? Not Gene Autry. <laughs> said I'm. What, what what was his name? I can't figure it out. I'm not a member of an organized party. I'm a Democrat. Who said that? William, oh oh, I don't remember. Um, I I remember the, the old fellow from the forties. Yeah, I don't. Remember. Yeah, I'm not a member of an organized party. I'm a Democrat. <laughs> it still holds true. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who said that. I want to say Hank or something Williams. No, no. Um, Not Hank Williams, no. Jeez, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I don't know if it was Will Rogers or Mark Twain. It sounds Will like... Will Rogers. Yeah. That, it yeah, was Will Rogers. That, that sounds it. like, you know, I, I don't belong to uh, an organized party. I'm a Democrat. Something to that effect. Um, Anyway, (laughs) 810-339-8255 is the number to call. What's your take? There are a lot of people who think, you know, to heck with it. They're just going back to normal. Is that just impatience, you know, foolhardiness? Or, you know, are we overdoing the quarantine? There was a a recent report that uh, came out. I believe it was... uh, a newspaper out of the UK that that cited Gretchen Whitmer's tough stand in Michigan as having saved tens of thousands of lives. Um, yeah, I saw that. You know, what do you think? Do you, do you think she was too strict, or that we're taking this too seriously? That it would be, you know, we'd be looking at very similar numbers if we had just gone about our business, or? Was it wise to to back off and socially distance? And is it wise to continue that for a while longer? Are we going to see a second wave? Um, You know, we may not even be done with the first wave yet, the way numbers are going up in, in some parts of the country. And coincidentally, those are in areas that have begun to open up fairly aggressively. So, you know, let's... I'd love to hear from some other people and what their thoughts are. 810-339-8255 is the number to call. And and we do have, you know, a few more minutes left if uh, somebody wants to call in and share their thoughts on to quarantine or not to quarantine. That is the question. Um, I know I'm having a hard time wearing these masks in the heat when it's like 90 degrees out. I'm having a real hard time wearing it. I don't know if it's just too hot in my own breath you know or what cracks, whatever. I you know what so. cracks me up is is watching the people that wear the masks wrong. Oh, yeah, they put it under their nose. Yeah, yeah. 
I just I had mine upside down for a minute. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is this is uncomfortable. See, the bendy part <laughs> is so you can shape it around your nose, you know, over the top of your nose. Yeah. My girlfriend sent me a lion's face mask, and that's the one I put on upside down. Cloth-made face mask. That was really cool. That was really cool. And then um, people at the wedding for the rehearsal, <laughs> people have too much money on their hands. My ex-husband and ex-brother-in-law had beagle masks on. For God's sakes, <laughs> I just stared. I just stared at them for a couple minutes. So you got a snout and eye. Okay, I get it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Some of these masks are hysterical. Well, you, did you see where uh, <laughs> somebody came out with uh, masks with the Star Trek logo, and um, they're they're in no. different color. They're in different colors. Um, according to the various ranks, um, you know, like, like gold <laughs> Don't and, wear a red one. <laughs> and red and that's, you know, people are commenting whenever there's a post about those, don't get the red ones. Don't get the red ones. <laughs> you won't make it out alive. That's right. <laughs> if your mask matches your shirt and it's red, you're not coming back. <laughs> oh, good gravy. <laughs> but there are some fun ones. I thought briefly about getting some done with the show logo. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Do I got to let you go? No, hang on, just a second. Okay. And we have a caller joining us by phone. Somebody we haven't heard from in a little while. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Good morning, Tom, and good morning, Andrea. This is the incurable rash from Grand Blank, now living in Davison. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bob from Grand Blank. <laughs> He's back and long overdue. It's great to hear from you, Bob. We were talking about uh, the three big events over this past weekend. Trump's rally in Tulsa, uh, the, the interviews with John Bolton teasing his book that comes out tomorrow, and uh, right. the marriage of uh, Andrea's son. <laughs> those oh, are the, great. Well, those are the congratulations. Three, yeah, those are the uh, three big events from over the weekend, Bob. Well, as far as the uh, the rally is concerned, I watched a little bit of it. Uh, they're saying 6,200 uh, in an arena that held 19,200. Uh, you know, it, it is it is what it is. I wish I would have seen more people there, but under the under the circumstances with the COVID and. Uh, from what I understand, there were an awful lot of unsavory characters, to put it mildly, outside of the arena that were apparently scaring some people off of going uh, uh, going in and attending. So, um, you know, it is what it is. We'll see what happens in, in uh, four months. Uh, as far as Mr. Bolton is concerned, I think that John Bolton is part of the problem. I, I think that uh, he's just one of many in Washington in the, uh, the foreign diplomatic uh, field that is trying to make sure that this president's a one-term president, and he's doing everything that he can, by hook or crook, no pun intended, to uh, make sure that that's, uh, that's a reality, that uh, President Trump only serves one term. Um, and, um, well, he said, so he said my, in uh, no uncertain terms over the weekend as he was uh, promoting his book on various uh, network news shows, cable and otherwise, that um, 
you know, he thought the president was unfit to serve, incompetent to, to carry out the office of president, and that the election was our, our opportunity to, uh, you know, not reelect him. I, I mean, he said that in so many words. It, it's not even an implied thing. He's actively right. working against the president. Um, Can I expand on my comments, Tom, about John Bolton? Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like you think, think he's part of the swamp. I, <clears throat> right. I, I, John Bolton represents the, what is now, in my opinion, the 21st century version of Bretton Woods that was negotiated in 1944 between uh, the United States and many other countries towards the end of the Second World War. The foundation of global governance was, was set up with Bretton Woods, in my opinion. And John Bolton is the 21st century version of, of the administration of that, uh, of that global apparatus. So, Tom, in my opinion, it's going to be very rare for people like John Bolton and others around the globe at, at his level that are going to be satisfied with anybody in the White House unless, they, unless that particular person truly buys in to what the, the global apparatus is, uh, is selling the, uh, the people of the world. Uh, Jack Kennedy, God rest his soul. When he made the statement after the Bay of Pigs that if he, if he had it in his power, he would take the CIA and break it into a, paraphrasing now, I'm paraphrasing now, he would take the CIA, break it into a thousand pieces, and scatter it to the wind. I'll tell you what, Tom, whether it's the CIA or any other global apparatus, intelligence service, them's fighting words. You know, and uh, Donald Trump and Jack Kennedy then and Donald Trump now are seen as a threat to that apparatus. So that's why John Bolton is doing what he's doing. Interesting. Um, you know, he's, uh, this is the, the fourth presidential administration that he has served. And, right. um, you know, in, I, I remember John Bolton's name coming up in, uh, uh, previous administrations and people thinking he was a little extreme, a little bit out there, um, a little bit, uh, war hungry, perhaps, you know, a, a hawk at the very least. And um, and and now in today's political environment, he seems I don't know somehow different. Um, you know, like he seems normal. Well, he seems more normal. Um, at least you know if appearance is is anything. And I want to slip in a little self uh, promotion here. Um, Tomorrow, Mark Everson is going to be joining me during the uh, second hour of the show, and he knows and has worked with uh, John Bolton. It's going to be interesting to see what his thoughts are on Bolton and, you know, what's uh, purported to be in the book, which comes out tomorrow. Um, but I do want to get back to, Bob, if you don't mind, um, no. the, the, uh, the, the president's rally um, Saturday night, I believe, in in uh, his ninety minute speech, you could tell he felt a little pent up because boy, he let it go. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, yes. But but um, you know, you said sixty two hundred in a stadium that seats nineteen thousand. But you know, being the first uh, rally for the president and one of the first really big events held anywhere, um, mm -hmm. you know, sixty two hundred. 
is a lot when we weren't allowed to gather in more than a group of 10 a couple weeks ago. And there's there's this huge uh, battle, and it kind of reminds me of the... Uh, <laughs> the the inauguration controversy you know right. was it the biggest turnout for an inauguration ever in the history of presidential inaugurations or was you know was it not and um you know we're getting that same fight you know that there were going to be a million people there and um, oh. you know it ended up being 6200 and and somewhat and and i think the the president and the president's men and women made um, a little bit of a mistake by building that event up too much in advance of it. You know, they sure. they they set themselves up sometimes for letdowns. Well, I, I watched a little of it. I didn't see the whole uh, presentation. Uh, if I would have been the president, instead of going right in and attacking the media and uh, this and that, I would have began by addressing that uh, that group of people by saying, folks, uh, we meet in uh, a very difficult time. Uh, it would have been nice to see the arena filled, but under the circumstances, uh, it's, it's nice to see all of you. I would have, if I'd have been president, I would have said, first of all, let me begin by saying this. My main concern during these troubling times are the people of the United States. It's great to see you all. Uh, it's, it's wonderful to be here. For those of us, for those of you in the audience who have lost family, friends, loved ones to the virus. You're in our thoughts and our prayers. But ladies and gentlemen, I just wanted to begin tonight by saying my thoughts right now, we'll, we'll get to the, uh, the meat of the issues uh, uh, later on in this speech, but I want to begin by telling you that my thoughts are with you and your family and your friends and, and making sure as best as we can uh, to make sure that everybody in this country is safe. So with that, I'll, uh, I'll go into my r remarks, but I just wanted to make sure that you people understand that we and my administration are doing everything that we can to battle this virus to make sure that each and every American is protected. Uh, the issue of testing is, is, is a hot-button issue right now. We're trying to test as many people as we can to be responsi responsible in our approach. People have questioned our approach, but I just wanted you to know before I begin my remarks this, this evening, my thoughts and hopes and prayers are with you people first and foremost, and now we can get on to the, uh, uh, the meat of the, uh, uh, the, the program. But that's how I would have started instead of going right in and attacking people. And, and I, I keep waiting for the president to do that. I, as you know, I, uh, Paul Rosicki and I always tease each other about, you know, uh, being speech fanatics. You know, we, <laughs> we tune into speeches like, like other people watch football games. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm always a little disappointed. I, I, it's it's kind of like when I try to watch a city council meeting on uh, on YouTube or something, and oh. you know, I, I tune in for a few minutes, and it's Eric Mays talking, and then I go do something, and I come back, and I tune in again a half hour later, and it's still Eric Mays talking about something, and yeah, and I I watched uh, the president's speech saturday in bits and pieces and you know there were these these key moments where he would say something that i thought was just so inappropriate or so unnecessary or so ridiculous mm -hmm. that you know i just i had to watch you know the i had to turn back to the scooby-doo marathon or something yeah and and um one of the things was at one point he actually said in his speech that he thought people were jealous of him because of his hair Oh God! And and I I well, thought why 
why would you even yeah. why would that even make it you know you've got 6200 people out there that are singing your praises you have a chance right. to preach to the choir why yeah. are you so caught up in in you know trying to point attention to you and and not to them and you just hit the nail on the head as to why that's one aspect of why american politics is so contentious and has been so for for a very very long time tom and and andrea i think you'll both agree that over the past many many years but especially with uh, with the uh, the internet and, and all of the the media that's available to individuals and political campaigns too often whether it's in the media or whether it's in the world of politics, whether it's in the world of, of sports, but in this in this case we're talking about politics. People, political candidates, they, they make it too much about themselves. They gotta make it about the people who they're attempting to represent. This is what I these are the ideas that I have for you folks that I think that you'll agree with. You're absolutely right. More often than not whether it's Joe Biden, whether it's whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's Barack Obama, whether it's Ronald Reagan, you name uh, the the, uh, the individual, they make it about themselves first, and then everybody else uh, uh, secondly. And the reason I say that, remember on the night that um, President Obama was in Chicago and came out to that throng, and I believe Charlie Rose and some other people in the media were observing him as he was walking out onto the other stage, and Charlie Rose said these words, that I'll never forget. It's like he's watching us watch him. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's, that's the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah, and I think Donald Trump does the same thing. He's, he, I, I, I think the president. I, I voted for him. I support him. Yes, Tom, I do agree that he's rough around the edges, and he doesn't always um, use the best uh, phrasing or sentencing or presentation. But yes, even Donald Trump, sometimes when he comes out into that audience, briefly, he's watching us watch him. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good description, and I think we are going to see some of that in John Bolton's book, based on the interviews I've seen with John Bolton and some of his uh, comments in advance. But we have to uh, we have to cut it off there. Um, we're going to be going to break here in just a moment, and I want to make sure and say congratulations again to Andrea. And, yeah, congratulations. Uh, and to now, it, and it was Ron that got married, right? You got it. Well, give yep. give him and his bride my best. And uh, also, I want to tell people that coming up after we uh, take a short break, we're going to start. Uh, we're going to turn things a little bit more local and talk to the candidates in the 48th District State House uh, primary coming up in August. There are two de uh, Democrats, including the incumbent, Cheryl Kennedy, and two Republicans. And we're going to hear from all four of them beginning after we take a short break. Bob, it's great to hear from you again. Well, I've been lucky enough. I'm in the library right now by myself with the computer and my cell phone, so I'm fairly lucky that I haven't had anybody walk in on me and uh, and want to use the computer. So I'm going to stay by the uh, computer all morning long and listen to you guys, and if I get a chance to call back in when there's a moment where you're taking calls, I will do that. Well, we're going to be taking calls during the 9 o'clock hour almost every day. Okay. So, um, you know, keep... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a break as you guys are, are up against it. I'm going to take a break, and when you guys come back, I'll listen to the candidates and uh, uh, pick up some uh, some pointers here and there, maybe some topics for discussion, and I will keep listening. And thanks, Andrea. It was good, great to talk to you. Congratulations again. And as always, thank you. Tom, thank you for the time. Well, Bob, you picked a good time because this is your district. 
Yeah, yes. <laughs> so, and, we'll have to, and we'll have to see what's going on with the other candidates and uh, some of the ideas that they have. I'll be looking forward to it. All right. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers, and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives. But we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe and save lives. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. 
engineering and IT services at swiftland.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed. A magical place with magical charms. Indoors, indoors, indoors. Take it away. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Dark Powder. Sitting in a Coney Island, sipping my cup of tea. Best-looking waitress I'd ever seen Dance right up to me She said, could I serve you please With your coffee like some cream Said I was drinking tea Give me some honey please She told me talk, talk louder Don't you give me that mumble jive Said talk, talk louder Don't you give me that mumble jive I left that Coney Island And I'm sitting on Saginaw Street Prettiest motorist ever seen Pulled up beside of me She said, could you help me please My engine's running Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program, and as promised, I'm going to be talking with candidates in the 48th District uh, uh, primary coming up in August for the 48th District seat in the uh, Michigan House of Representatives. We'll start with the uh, two Democrats, including the incumbent Cheryl Kennedy. She'll be coming up in uh, about a half an hour or so. Uh, but joining me now by phone is uh, one of the candidates uh, or the candidate who's uh, running against her in the primary it is uh, uh, Andalib Odalate he joins me by phone Andalib welcome to the show thank you um, Andalib what made you decide to throw your hat in especially in a primary against an incumbent you know lots of times we see a lot of people will jump into a race when it's an open seat but uh, what what led to your decision to run? Basically that I've seen that a lot of things need fixing, such as infrastructure and, like, schools and so much more, that I felt like I need to be the one to be fighting for this instead of hoping for a different politician to get things started. 
And and what what skills do you bring to the uh, to the table? How how do you make the case that you're a good choice for this seat? That I work in fast food. I know what it's like to be living paycheck to paycheck. I don't have any privileges of wealth, so I'll be able to be sympathetic and empathetic to the poor and working class people. Have you run for anything before? No. Um, have you been involved in, in political campaigns? No, this is my first running with and that doesn't mean it's a bad thing, Andalib. I'm just, you know, curious and trying to give you an opportunity to uh, share with people, um, you know, what what kinds of, of skills you have, what you think you can do better than, you know, the, the, the quote, experienced politicians can do. I think something that I can do better is I can come in there with, fresh ideas and I can be closer with the people because I'm not entrenched in sort of the political establishment like so many others that are in both federal and state politics. Well, let's, let's, let's drill down on that a little bit and leave the, the, um, the, uh, This this whole pandemic thing, the, the COVID nineteen and the the governor's stay at home orders, it's it's somehow managed, especially in Michigan, to become a very partisan issue. People say that Democrats uh, support the governor and what she's doing. Republicans oppose her and say that she's uh, overreaching. She doesn't have the authority. Where where are you in all this? Where I'm at is, I believe the governor did have at least some authority and that she tried doing good, but the way she did it wasn't productive. What I feel like needed to happen was that we needed to have, we needed to tell people, get your food, all the food and supplies you need for a full month and everything other than law enforcement and hospitals needed to be shut down. Total lockdown. Get rid of all the cases. Have the state patrol or National Guard blocking off the state border and really just let the virus, stop the virus's spread instead of having something's closed, something's open, and still allowing it to spread. Well, I know I've I've argued that that I thought the governor made uh, a mistake when she talked about essential versus non-essential and and tried to, to uh, determine for people what those things were, instead of what can be done safely and and what can't be done safely. Um, but but your idea of just going into like a full quarantine for thirty days and just try to stop the virus dead in its tracks. And then, what, go back to normal? And then, yeah, go back to normal. Have the, have the like, state border still sort of cut off where anyone who's going in instantly is put into 
a space where they're quarantined. But, like, that way it can be done quick and then we can get back to normal quick. Like, like was done in countries such as, like, New Zealand. Well, Hawaii, Hawaii did that, if you want to look for a uh, state example. Because people have to fly into Hawaii, they were able to um, mandate that people flying into Hawaii would uh, go immediately into 14 days of uh, quarantine. Yeah, I think Hawaii did it the way it should have been done here. And, you know, they've had uh, surprisingly fewer cases than a lot of other states around the country. Um, What is it? This is a a strange time even for experienced campaigners to be launching a campaign. How do you manage to get your name out and, and... you know, make get people to support you in a time when you can't really go door to door shaking hands and introducing yourself. I think by both filling out questionnaires and doing interviews like I'm doing now, sort of allowing myself more of a media presence than going door to door. And are you can? How big a deal do you think um, name recognition is? A lot of people say it's it's everything, but do you think that we have an electorate that is is likely to vote for somebody that is uh, or could be considered an outsider? I don't think name recognition is as big of a deal on like local politics as it is national because. I think there might be some people that might vote for someone if they, like, know who they are. But I think especially in this political climate that being not being the incumbent could be a disadvantage because while people might not necessarily know who I am, they know I'm not entrenched in the political establishment. And, and uh, you think that um, there's some expectation that because a lot of voting is going to be done by mail, that, um, that that's uh, going to cause more participation. Is that good for you? Yeah, I think that's good for, that's good for me because I support people like voicing their political opinions and it also gives them a chance to look up what people stand for. And I think if people are able to look up and like go to my website and see what I really stand for, that helps me more than someone going into a booth and not really knowing who any of the people are and sort of just randomly voting. Well, and Dalib, that's part of uh, you know what I what I try to do. I'm taking as many of the campaigns that are contested uh, in the August primary, and and trying to give uh, listeners an opportunity to get to know the candidates a little bit, so they're not just names on a on a ballot that people get in the mail. But um, I have to take a short break here, and Dalib, and I want to talk some more uh, with you if I can. Um, can you stand by for a couple of minutes and, and we'll dig down some more? Yeah. 
All right, my guest is uh, Andalib Odalate. He is uh, a candidate in the 48th district uh, primary on the Democratic side for um, the State House of Representatives. We're going to take a short break for Top of the Hour ID, and we'll return with more with Andalib right after this. You pilots, get off of my lawn! We're trying to do a radio show down here! It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on! Go on, get out of here! It's 